a Radio 191 FM podcast. From slinging breakfast on Radio 1 to being the mayor who gets it done, it's time for our bi-weekly catch-up with Dunedin's mayor, Yes, Walking with Hawkins. Yes, I hope we are squawking with Hawkins right now. Uh, Morena, Aaron. Good morning. I can, I can, I can hear you in the distance. And I can. Oh, I, do I sound like I'm very far away? Do I? Yeah, a little bit. That's um, that, that's okay. At least we're here. It's neither here. It's neither here nor there to the listening audience. What my experience is. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we don't have that um, intermittent crackling happening underneath us. So it's a nice clean phone line. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Right. Um, oh, you're peaking, so I'll make sure I turn you down. Radio, um, we're going to kick off this morning's chat with um, the Infrastructure Services and uh, Planning Services Committees uh, now have two uh, extra members with full writing, uh, voting rights, well, R2, um, with the city's Rununga appointing members to those committees. A fantastic step forward for mana tangawa whenua uh, in the city. Uh, how significant is it and what does it mean? I think it's absolutely significant both for the city and for the council uh, for us to be in a position where um, mana whenua's voices are represented and included in uh, in decision making in, in the areas that are of particular interest to them and, and it wouldn't come as much surprise uh, that the, the Planning and Environment Committee and the Infrastructure Services Committee uh, were uh, were the, the two that were uh, in, that they chose effectively. Um, it's uh, and, and so there'll be two uh, appointed members on each of those committees, uh, one from uh, each of the Runaka from Katihuirapa out in Karatani and uh, Otako out on the peninsula, and uh, they should be in place by um, uh, by the end of this year. I mean, we've, especially over the last uh, 10, uh, 10 years or so, uh, and uh, pay uh, pay homage to uh, my predecessors, the late Dave Carlin, and also our, our previous chief executive, uh, Dr. Sue Bidrose. They did a lot of work in building the relationship uh, with Mana Whenua in, uh, in, in Ōtaporti, Dunedin. And um, as anyone who's um, had any experience in, in moving uh, between these worlds will tell you, relationships are key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and what was Previously, perhaps a somewhat transactional um, uh, relationship uh, has turned into and evolved into something that is uh, far more strategic and, and far more important. But uh, ultimately, that falls down when um, when those parties uh, aren't ultimately involved in uh, making the decisions uh, that we're talking about. And so, uh, there is no scope to you can't appoint um, um, people to the the governing body to to council itself, uh, but we do have the capacity uh, to appoint uh, people to uh, standing committees, which is what we've done and, and what the uh, Otago Regional Council have done before us and others uh, around the Motu. It recognises that you know we could we could wait until the democratic process um, returns candidates that can speak on behalf of of mana whenua, but. Uh, the city was constituted in 1865 and 150-plus years since then, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in, in, in the absence of that, and, and we know that um, popular votes uh, tend not to um, uh, produce good outcomes for uh, for um, minority concerns, and we see that often in, in referenda around the country, uh, 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 around... Um, 
uh, social issues, but also um, we've seen that with the toxic and well-resourced campaigns around the country running um, against the establishment of Māori wards uh, in, in local councils. And, and since that kind of racist mechanism has been removed from legislation, because you know, it, it got to a point where it was hard and good conscience and to support that, knowing that there was going to be this um, huge uh, campaign of Don Brash and company um, that would turn your turn your community uh, in uh, in on itself. Mm-hmm. Since that that since that has been abolished, we've seen 55 uh, councils around the country establish Māori wards because there isn't um, that barrier to uh, to setting up those representation methods. Uh, but this is you know this is no time for self-congratulation this is absolutely a key milestone but we've got a long way to go in in giving um, effect to the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi which or Te Tiriti or Waitangi uh, better still which um, we had said uh, that we would do but saying saying, um, words are cheap and uh, the the real onus is on us to to live up to that and this is absolutely um, a step in that direction yeah, yeah, it was one of the great starting points. Uh, and I know you don't want to do any self-congratulations, but I want to commend a few councillors purely for um, the fact that a lot of them stated that their, their opinions had changed over time. Um, and just for allowing, you know, people can get stuck in their in their opinions and their ways. We see that all the time. But uh, just for some of those councillors allowing um, relationships to flourish and their opinions to change within themselves it is a big step forward for them personally as well and it has helped the city step forward also um, and I, I really loved Councillor O'Malley's statement in the ODT where he said it was not appropriate to impose a Western European selection process on the proposed Māori representation and, um, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm guessing that's in response to um, one certain councillor's statement condemning the fact that the council wouldn't have an impact on the selection com- uh, process um, so for, for Councillor um, O'Malley to come out and state that and, and other councillors t- um, to, to state what they stated as well, I thought was brilliant. Um, it's it, none of our business. No, frankly. no, no, how they, totally, how, how totally not. get chosen by, uh, by, by, by the Runaka? I mean, that's, that's yeah, it, it's entirely um, counterproductive to yeah. the idea of, yeah. of self-determination. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, um, speed of uh, speed of speech. Uh, freedom of speech is a hot topic at the moment. Uh, with proposed new um, uh, speech, uh, hate speech laws being considered uh, for the Crimes Act. Currently, freedom of speech isn't explicitly protected in common law in New Zealand, uh, but in Section 14 of the Bill of Rights, it states uh, that everyone has a right to freedom of expression, including the freedom to seek, receive, and impact impart information and opinions of any kind in any form. Now, I bring this up because we have um, the anti-trans group uh, Speak Up for Women. Uh, They're they're having their event going ahead in Dunedin Centre after having their previous venue, the city's library, cancelled. What exactly is the council's position on freedom of speech, um, you know, uh, that is likely to cause offence and harm to some? Yeah, I, I mean, I confess to, to not being qualified to engage in the legal arguments that are currently going on around the proposed legislation that, that's beyond the, the scope of um, of my knowledge, but it is um, certainly an interesting debate and what should be easy, the idea that you know, people should do no harm does get quite complicated quite quickly. And, and the same as um, 
uh, there was a significant pushback against Borrowdale for taking his case against the government for entering us into lockdown um, last year, effectively an opt-in police state, which um, uh, didn't follow due process um, of, uh, of legislation. And, and people would ask, well, why would you do that if you weren't opposed to the actions that the government was taken were, had taken? Uh, but, the, but really it's about um, knowing and articulating where the boundaries are and what you can get away with, uh, because in future you may not have quite so benevolent an actor uh, in charge of making those decisions. So yeah. it is, it's it's helpful. It's it's helpful to remind ourselves of um, what kind of architecture we are setting up uh, in terms of how it may be uh, used against us and, and, and our values and our worldview uh, in the future. But I don't, I don't have an informed opinion about that. And 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 council doesn't have a have a position. There's, there's nothing that we have in policy. Yeah, um, that that sets out or provides a framework for for making those kinds of decisions, and in particular with regard to the hiring up facilities, the de- the decision to um, to not uh, to not have the event held in the library was made by the chief executive uh, on the grounds of health and safety concerns for her staff, and and that is um, something for which uh, she is personally and. Uh, ultimately financially um, liable for and, and that was the the decision that was that was taken uh, there was a fair bit of uh, of correspondence uh, around that and, and it turns out that um, uh, they have hired a commercial venue that don't have those sorts of concerns for for whoever is, is going to be uh, in that space uh, at that time but it's it's a uh, it's a tricky thing, to, it's a, a difficult thing to, for people to be put in that situation where uh, they are asked to make ad hoc decisions about um, what should or shouldn't go ahead. And, you know, we, similarly, there were, I remember, um, um, big questions being asked of, of, of Mayor Cull and the city in terms of letting the, when the town hall was hosting the minerals forum and, and you know we shouldn't turn up. He shouldn't have to, shouldn't turn up and speak at that because it validates um, the work that they are doing. And um, as we as we've since seen, uh, you can equally use that platform to uh, remind uh, groups of uh, what constitutes social license and and how welcome or not in that case uh, they may be in our community. Um, but uh, but uh, but it is it is complicated. Yeah. Uh, and and in, in the absence of having some direction and. And taking um, note of the, the judicial um, conclusions that were reached in response to the, the Auckland Council um, far-right um, issue, which is a, a similar issue where Auckland Council uh, withdrew the, the right of... God, I can't remember their names. Uh, Stefan Mullen knew that lot. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that went to court to be tested, and, and, and it's not as simple as as, as people would um, like it to be necessarily. Yeah, yeah, and that's because policy is not necessarily in place, and that's something that's going to be happening. And, and so, I guess instead of making policy yourselves, you would just rely on what's in the Crimes Act uh, eventually, and what's under the Bill of Rights Act right now, which says that they have every right to 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 speak, uh, whether or not that causes harm or offence. Um, or both um, right and uh, finally tonight is the last race meeting at Forbury Park Raceway
out there in South D. Um, mm. now, Emotional reflections from the Minister of Finance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did see that. I did see that. And I must admit, I went a couple of times when I was a kid as well. <laughs> um, the track is to be sold. Is the council likely to put a bid in for that? Uh, that's a, that's that's an interesting question. My understanding is that there is already a, a right of first refusal on substantial parts of the land uh, to a developer who is interested in developing it, uh, and which has received some some attention. Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it won't be, or that those parts of that land uh, wouldn't be for sale on the open market to be bid upon. Now, okay, so um, it's South Dunedin. Um, you know, the council has climate change policy in place um, and, you know, that's a low-lying area that's been filled in with uh, all manner of stuff over the years. A lot of, uh, mm. lot of rock from Logan Park, uh, which was once Loch Loman, Logan. Um, mm. So, I mean, what... What kind of a development would you allow to take place there under uh, consenting? It's not so much a question of what would be allowed. Uh, that would be and, and that would be dealt with by I mean, zoned residential. Yeah. Um, for, for, in terms of the, its housing potential, but that will be dealt with through the uh, through the resource consent process in terms of whether it. Um, adequately mitigated the effects and, and it's not just uh, the city who has an interest in this. Uh, the regional council would clearly have a, a, have a, a particular interest in, um, in natural hazards mitigation. Yeah. Um, so that would that would be worked through. I mean, we are doing at the moment a significant piece of work looking at the coastal system, um, the coastal plan from St Clair to St Kilda uh, and that is, that is been a, a really great exercise actually in engaging the community and what they want to see with, done with that area and some high level concept sketches of what it could look like in the in the decades to come um, and so that process is being worked through um, my nervousness is that if we start to take decisions uh, in isolation in that environment uh, that, that they can you run the risk of that um, limiting your bigger picture thinking for that area, and likewise, you know, we are all um, consciously aware of the need for uh, particularly uh, affordable um, housing to be to be built in the city. But we can't do that in a way that fixes our short-term problem, but exacerbates our longer-term one yeah. uh, in, in terms of climate change. And, and these trade-offs are everywhere. We see this currently in um, uh, down by the Oval, and and the the tension between. Um, how, how you run your public transport network and, and how you provide a greater number of desperately needed state housing units through through Kaying Aura's interest in that area, and so um, you know that is so that is um, that's a, a kind of high level response. But I think we've got to be really careful when we consider uh, individual proposals for individual parts of the city um, that. Um, that they don't uh, lock us into a, a pathway that we may regret later in terms of what we can, what else we could do, or um, yeah, what else we could do uh, in that in those in those places. Get a pump, mate. Put a big pump in. Pump that water out. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Aaron. Yeah, all good.
Hey, you know the Mace is coming on tour. Yes, it is. Uh, what is it? April the first. August Sunday, the first, sorry. Sunday, Sunday the first of August. Yeah, yeah. At Forsyth Forsyth Bar Stadium. I'm the, assuming in the morning because they're also going to have the Whitehall by Invercargo on the same day. But I mean, uh, what, a, what a fantastic colonial relic uh, <laughs> of of a, a fantastic colonial game that the Test Mace on tour. I believe it's only been two weeks. Yeah. Since uh, that last delirious conversation we had, indeed, uh, on the radio about that, but. Exciting times. It is exciting times. I'll be there looking at the mace. I saw that last night. I saw you posted it actually, and um, yeah, I was uh, rather excited to, to see that exact thing, uh, that, that that relic. But um, what a game, uh, and, and what a trophy! Just you know, I mean, not being able to drink out of a trophy though, that would do my head on. Host responsibility. That's what that's called, Jamie Green. <laughs> the English, really. Uh, all right, um, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Thank you, Aaron. Have a wonderful day, and I will. Uh, we'll talk in a couple of weeks, and I'll see you at Forsyth Bar on uh, the first of August, if not uh, this weekend for the All Blacks test. Can't wait. Yeah, cheers, mate. All right, that was the mayor of our fair city, Aaron Hawkins. Um, we were talking about. Uh, infrastructure. Oh, the Runanga are, are being appointed. Members of the Runanga, uh, the two Dunedin Runangas, are being appointed to uh, infrastructure services and planning services committees. Uh, we also talked about um, freedom of speech in Otipoti, as it equates to the Speak Up for Women's anti-trans group coming to the city, uh, and a little bit about Fulbury Park Raceway as well, with the last racing being done this evening. Uh, at that hallowed turf. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.